Welcome back, everyone, to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. It is another episode of Monday Mayhem, another Monday overreacting to the weekend's events in the NFL. I'm Grant Kobe. Sam Thillman is joining me as usual. Sam, uh, it was a big weekend in the NFL. I'm not going to lie, though. I didn't watch that many games. I watched a majority of the Colts' comeback versus the uh, – versus the uh, – oh, uh, oh, my gosh. Bengals. Bengals, yeah. I don't know why. I totally drew a blank there on who they were playing. But, yeah, I watched the Colts' comeback against the Bengals. That was about it for me on terms of NFL games. Um, Sam, what what is your take? Initial thoughts from we'll do we do this every Monday, but your initial thoughts from this weekend in the NFL? Uh, yeah. So I was similar, but I got to catch the second half of the one PM games. I was doing homework and whatnot, and got a chance once I start early enough to finish it. But yeah, it was it was a crazy weekend. I mean, it's it's hard to believe that the thinking going into um, Next week that the Dolphins are higher than the Patriots heading into next week at three and three. Patriots are two and three. If you told me that that last year, I would have thought you were crazy. It was just a fun weekend overall. We had ups and downs. Uh, yeah, but we'll just have to jump into it and talk about it. Yeah, we definitely will, in which we will do that. I want to get to a poll that I put out on our Twitter page, and if you don't follow us, uh, it's straight up sports talk on Twitter. That's where you can find our latest episodes and whatnot. But I put a poll out there this morning asking, what did you watch last night? Um, because there was uh, two, uh, two different sports going on last night um, in the primetime window. Dodgers Braves game seven to see who advances to the World Series. Or were you watching Sunday night football? Now we've uh, gotten a handful of votes in here. 60% currently saying Dodgers Braves. They were watching game seven. 40% says Sunday night football. And uh, the third option says, I have two TVs. Nobody apparently has two TVs that has seen the poll. But, Sam, I wanted to ask you, what were you watching last night um, in that primetime window? So uh, I, I watched the, the Sunday night football game at first. And then once that was over, I got to catch the eighth inning. I believe it was the top of the eighth, top or bottom of the eighth. I got to watch um, the game seven. So I, I basically watched both of them, but the MLB game, I only got to watch two innings. Yeah, I was more leaning on the uh, world, uh, the uh, NLCS side of things. Now, I did have, we did have two TVs going in, so we had Sunday Night Football in the background, but that game, um, to me, was not that, that interesting. Um, the Niners beating the Rams, but uh, we watched a majority of that NLCS game. The Braves were up three to one. The Dodgers come storming back and win four to three, and they will play um, the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series starting, I think, tomorrow. So um, that'll be fun and exciting. About This is about the time I start watching baseball for the years, about uh, World Series time, so it's going to be exciting. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays have a phenomenal story. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the NHL team, won the Stanley Cup. Um, and now the Rays will try to do it um, here in the World Series. Now, what's funny, Sam, is uh, this is an interesting stat for you today. So the Tampa Bay Lightning won the NHL uh, Stanley Cup. The L.A. Lakers won the NBA Finals. Okay. Yep. So that means – so and Tampa Bay and L.A. are in the MLB World Series here. So either an L.A. team or a Tampa Bay team – will also win the MLB, which is kind of scary setting up for what's coming up next, the NFL. 
Is that a, is that a sign? I, I think it's a sign for Tom Brady and and the Bucks. I think I think it's a sign, honestly. I, I mean, we're I, not going to obviously we're not going to see we're not going to see a Rams Bucks Super Bowl because they're in the same uh, conference. Rams Chargers. I, I mean, I I don't know. I, I'm just saying it, it's a sign. It's I a think sign it's more of a coincidence. If anything, it's like all the Atlanta teams choking leads. It's it happens, but I don't think it's a necessarily a sign of things to happen. Hey, well, yeah, the Falcons blowing leads, Georgia blowing their big lead over Alabama, and the Braves blowing their lead against the Dodgers. It was an interesting uh, kind of stat to follow, and it's something that I found interesting. Could be a sign. I don't know. It'd be funny though if Tampa wins the uh, the uh, Super Bowl. Um, Sam, let's get into some storylines from this weekend. First off, let's start out. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick, like, is he in contention in the MVP race? Like, uh, like, honestly, I think he could be in contention for this MVP race. I don't, I don't think so. Like as, as fun as we like to meme on the Fitzmagic thing and whatnot, like as great as he's done, I, I don't think so. I, I think I don't know. I think people like to meme meme it for it's being Ryan Fitzpatrick. 10, 10 touchdowns, seven interceptions, ten sacks on the season. Like he's looked good. I just don't I just wouldn't name him as my MVP personally. It's gonna be interesting to watch this AFC East race because obviously you have the Bills who are pretty good. They fell to the Titans um, last week. But you're going to have this, this race of New England, the Bills, and now Miami, who was thought to maybe struggle, you know, to like a two and six start, throw two in there for the rest of the season and see what happens. They're now at three and three and ahead of the Patriots in the division. Uh, this AFC East race to me is going to be maybe one of the most intriguing division, divisional races in, in the National Football League. Yeah, I had no doubt you mentioned the three teams, the Bills, who played tonight at five against the Chiefs. That's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, the Dolphins, three and three, as we talked about, and the Patriots. Like, it, it's it's tough to make a call on the Patriots because I believe in Cam Newton and what he's done. But, yeah, I guess the Broncos, he just didn't have it. Now, whether that's due to him being affected by COVID or whatnot and them losing a bunch of pieces, and that's very well the case. But they just didn't look very good last uh, uh, this past week, and I, I seriously don't know what to make of this team. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be very interesting to watch and see how that that pans out. Uh, let's get to the Colts game on on Sunday, Sam. They fell down to the Bengals, and it was kind of like the Bengals came out and knocked us on our butt, and then we kind of had that deer in the headlights look for a while. Down twenty-one to nothing against the Bengals, they were able to come back and get it done. Do you buy more in on Phillip Rivers after that comeback? Because whereas you can say the defense helped us out a tremendous amount, which they certainly did, but ultimately it was Phillip Rivers coming in, scoring the football, and, and winning the game for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, and I have to give a, I have to give him credit. He definitely stepped up in this game, no doubt. The rushing game, Jonathan Taylor only had 12 carries. Philip Rivers had a throw 44 times, and he stepped up when he needed to. And I've been, I've been kind of hating on him as of late. I'll give him credit for this one, but I'm still not buying into this team. If you watch like the first quarter into the second quarter where it went down 21-0, this team just didn't look good and to fall down. 21 to zero to a team heading into this week that was one three and one is just unacceptable. And if it was any decent team, uh, other than maybe the Falcons, 
they wouldn't have they wouldn't have let him back in the game. And I think that's what the Bengals did. Joe Burrow didn't throw a single passing touchdown through a pick a late to Julian Blackman. Yeah, it it was just it was just a bad game that I don't think we necessarily deserved to win, but Phil Rivers got the job done this week. Still not gonna buy into him as our guy, but he, he proved himself at least for this past week. Yeah, he definitely did. I, I thought it was fun to watch him. He got confident as the game went on. And people are complaining, saying our offense isn't flashy. It's dink and dunk. There's no big shots down the field. But there doesn't need to be. Um, there there doesn't not need to be those big shots down the field. It was Marcus Johnson yesterday and Trey Burton that really stepped up for the Colts uh, because the Bengals had T.Y. Hilton locked down pretty much all game. But those those guys were able to step up and do good things for this offense. But, Sam, honestly, the offense doesn't have to be flashy for it to win games. I think yesterday was the most – was the best example of that. Yeah. And my one question is what what role does T.Y. play in this offense? Because we've seen him, as you mentioned, just get shut down this entire season on the season uh, through six games. 37 targets, 20 catches, 242 yards, zero touchdowns. Where does T.Y. fit in this Phillip Rivers offense? Because – up until this point, through six games, he hasn't shown to me like he he's been in his own self and whether that's Bill Rivers not targeting him as much. Maybe he's just not creating that separation and openness that he used to. He just doesn't look the same. And I think that's what we have to wonder moving forward is where does T.Y. move uh, fit in this offense moving forward? We got uh, Michael Pittman. We got Pascal. We got the, the three tight ends. But where, where does T.Y. fit in this offense? Because – Right now, we're not getting him involved, and he's kind of getting shut down this season. It's a great question. It's a great question to bring up, and I'm sure it's a lot of Colts fans like you that are wondering that right now. And in my opinion, yesterday he was used as a decoy, obviously. When you look at the teams like Kansas City um, that have Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, well, I've noticed that you know sometimes teams focus so hard on Tyree Kill that Sammy Watkins is open all the time. So was it a situation of using him as a decoy? I don't know. Um, But six games as a decoy, though. Yeah, exactly. And that's where you'd have to go back, and and I'd have to go back and watch, just watch him every play, see what he's doing. Um, And and it could be the offensive coordinator, too. I know, uh, you know, our previous offensive coordinators uh, was a Pep Hamilton and then uh, Rob Chudinski. They – got T.Y. Hilton involved a lot more, and we saw those big plays downfield, but also it was a quarterback situation. So I think that his his role on the team is still that number one receiver, but, um, you know, on days like like yesterday, he's, he, he's not going to get his own. Now, would it be nice to have a few awesome plays from T.Y.? Yes, I think it would. But uh, it's just going to be kind of a wait and see, I think, with T.Y. Hilton. It's disappointing. But, uh, yeah, it's just disappointing to see that. And when, you, and when fans see that, they're going to start thinking, okay, maybe we should just let him go in free agency. He's not doing so much. Uh, we have all these other guys that can make plays. But, honestly, I think T.Y. Hilton is the reason that those other guys are able to make plays. And looking at his contract, I believe he signed a five-year deal back. Where, where did he sign it? He signed it back in, it looks like, 2015, it looks like. So, it looks like after this year, I could be wrong, that he is signing. 
Yeah. On on uh, 15, so it looks like after this year he'll be a free agent. So maybe that's something the Colts have to take into consideration, considering he's get, he's 31 right now. And as we know, as as um, uh, receivers get into that 30 range, they don't look at good. Prime example, A.J. Green, who had a decent game against, uh, ironically, us. But he just hasn't looked the same. We've seen a lot of more Tyler Boyd do the Colts look in this this draft um, potentially to find a replacement for him? Like, what 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 does Chris Ballard move, do moving forward? Exactly. And you have to think, they drafted Michael Pittman uh, last year. He's obviously hurt right now. But you have guys like Michael Pittman, like Zach Paschal, who really made a name for himself in this league with the Colts last year. He was Mr. Reliable. Um, so you, it makes you wonder. It really does on what the Colts will do when his contract is up. He's a beloved uh, player here in Indy, but at a certain point in time, you know, production out, outweighs that. So we'll see, we'll see what they do. Uh, Sam, kind of moving on here, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Titans. They're undefeated currently. They took down the Texans in overtime yesterday. Um, are you buying into this Titans team being undefeated? Like, is it a full buy-in? They can go 11-3, and 12-2 and two type deal. Um, or not 11 and be 11 and five, 11 and five, 12 and four, 13 and three type deal. Are you buying into that? I am. And unlike other teams, like I mentioned last week with the Steelers, I am totally buying it. I think last week against the Bills, even though they did have an extended break uh, from playing the Bills, and they still came out swinging in again against the Texans. Their backs against the wall. They had to make a uh, stop on a two-point conversion to prevent the Texans from going up two possessions. They did that. Derrick Henry led the way with 200 yards, two touchdowns, and they keep beating him. Ryan Tannehill still looks very productive. I think the the offense coordinator has to get a bunch of credit for what he's done with this team, moving from um, Marcus Mariota a couple seasons ago to Ryan Tannehill. This offense has looked unbelievable. Tannehill throwing 13 touchdowns, only two picks, 1,300 yards on the season. Derrick Henry, 588 yards on the season so far, six touchdowns. Like, this this, this team, I think, in my mind, is for real, and I'm buying into them. They definitely are. Um, and you have to give credit to the, to the Titans offensive coordinator, like you mentioned. I mean, going into this year, we said, okay, it, the Titans are going to be propped up by Derrick Henry, which, don't get me wrong, they use him a lot, and they use him to their advantage. I mean, yesterday – 22 carries, 212 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, so you have to give him credit there. But give credit to the offensive coordinator, Ryan Tannehill, th- uh, 30 for 41, 364 yards, and four touchdowns, only one interception. Ryan Tannehill is playing a lot better than a lot of people thought. Um, a lot of people just think the Titans, they think Derrick Henry. But you have to think about Ryan Tannehill because he is having a stellar season so far. Yeah, and I think people are underestimating the the core around him as well. Like you've got AJ Brown, who's solid. John U. Smith, who who was hurt in uh, this past weekend, but solid. Corey Davis has flown under the radar. Adam Humphreys, Anthony Ferkser, who stepped up this past week. Like they've got a solid core around him, and I think Ryan Tannehill with the offense coordinator beating Derrick Henry. Yes, twenty carries, but he's still doing his own thing. He's still putting in a nice amount of work. Like, I, I, I'm giving a lot of props to him, and he may be a person we have to consider for the MVP race moving forward. I, I would put him definitely over Fitzmagic in the MVP race that we were talking about earlier. 
and he, he, he's living up to expectations, four touchdowns, 300 yards, just amazing performance Definitely last week. They'll have their work cut out for them next week when they host the Steel City and Big Ben. Um, so that will be a, a very good test for the Titans, the battle of the undefeateds, um, potential AFC championship game. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying, you know, potential uh, AFC championship game. Um, and then they get the, they don't get the Colts until November 12th. So they got a while for that. And that is a primetime Thursday night game uh, when the Titans host the Colts. Uh, the Colts and then they go at Colts two weeks later. So it'll definitely be fun to watch these Titans team. I think they're very, very good. Um, and the play of Ryan Tannehill, I think is going to determine how their season goes because you know what you're getting from Derrick Henry, but ultimately the play of Ryan Tannehill will determine how far you can go in the playoffs. Um, let's move on here a little bit. Uh, TB 12 yesterday, they fall down 10, nothing. And then as they say, the rest is history. Uh, Tampa Bay taking down the Packers in uh, the Sunshine State yesterday. It was not – I mean, it was it was a blowout f- for the Bucs um, yesterday. I'm trying to find this final score here, but ESPN's not cooperating. There we go. Yeah, they so they scored 38 unanswered and uh, route the Green Bay Packers. Did you see this coming yesterday from Green Bay and Tampa? We knew it was going to be a great matchup. It was uh, the game of the week. Um, but Green Bay just kind of fell flat in their face. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, I knew this in the back of my mind that this was coming for kind of a couple reasons because Aaron Rodgers has been playing out of his mind like he uh, like he's just like he mentioned on the Pat McAfee show he's just he was having fun with it and I think this is this is kind of a positive for this team because we've seen Aaron Rodgers and we were questioning like. How is he doing this with such a limited core with the Devontae Adams out? And even when Devontae Adams came back, like, like I, I think I knew in the back of my mind that Aaron Rodgers would have at least one of these games where he would fall back to earth and show that he's kind of human. Because up until this point, he's been basically flawless. Vikings, Lions, Saints, Falcons, he looks unbelievable. And I think this was a game where they just need to uh, come back to earth. Coming off a of bye, yes, we, we would think that a lot of teams would do good. But I think they need a little bit of an ego check. They were they were off to a hard, hot start, five and zero or whatever. And teams teams need a one or two of these losses to keep them in check, make sure that they're not like um like have the Ravens of the playoffs mentality where we're better than you. You need to play week by week, get each win, and not think you're better than anybody. And you need to grind out the win. And I think that's what the the Packers faced yesterday. They thought they were better than the Buccaneers, and they got they got um, hit in the mouth. They they sure did. Was this more of a the Bucks are this good, or the Packers were overconfident? I mean, when you look at this game, it, it, it's really you know you didn't expect it to be a twenty eight point loss. Is this more of the Bucks are just this good, or the Packers are? not as good as people might think. Uh, I I think this was just an off week. I'm going to I'm going to give a f- few more weeks if the Packers keep performing like this before I rush to judgment. I think this was just a bad week. I think the 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 Buccaneers who have struggled in the past have lost the Bears by one. They almost lost the Chargers, lost the Saints earlier in the season. Like they're a solid team, but I don't think they're this type of team where they're going to put 38 on the Packers every week if they play each other 16 weeks. 
this definitely doesn't happen more than once or twice. I think I think the Bucks have a solid team, solid group of guys around them. I think it was just a a bad week for the Packers and an excellent week on the Buccaneers on all sides of the ball. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it was uh, more of a kind of off week for the Packers. It, it always sucks to lose coming out of a bye because you have essentially the coaches have double the time to prepare for it. So I think it was more of a off week for the Packers than it was more of a the Bucks are just this good. I think the Bucks are very good, but I don't think they are, you know, I don't think they're 28 points against the against the Packers good, in my opinion. Um, like Sam said, you, you play them two or three more times, that, that doesn't happen. Um, let's move on here, Sam. Um, the Falcons, they dominate after Dan Quinn. This was one of my – so, Sam, I'm, I, if I lose my last pick em, uh for lock it in tonight, I'm going to be a little upset because this was a game that I had picked. This was one of my lock it in, uh, lock it down segments that we do on Friday where we pick me and Sam pick two NFL games and we go head-to-head all season long. This was one of them. But I didn't make it because the Falcons had positive tests, and I was like, okay, I'm not sure if they're going to play, so we'll be fair, and, uh, and I'll pick a different team. They blew the Vikings out of the water. And I even said this last Monday after they fired Dan Quinn, if I'm a betting man, I'm putting a lot of money on the Falcons to beat the Vikings because you, come, you get rid of that head coach, and it is like a sigh of relief in the building. Everybody feels a little better. The new guy comes in. The new guy is – you know, whoever the interim guy is, he's, he's already been there, obviously. And he, he brings a new energy, right? He, he's, he's on the player's side, I should say. He is with the players. Um, and, the, and obviously, we saw the effects of that. The Falcons absolutely dominate over the Vikings on Sunday. Yeah, I think, I think the Falcons coming into this week, I knew that they were good. It's just that they've had issues with Dan Quinn. Like, he's had leads with them. Like, we joke about the, the uh, Cowboys blown lead, the Bears blown lead. Like, they, this team is a 1-5 team that should be 1-5. They should at least be 3-3 three and three to 4-2 and two possibly. And they have the ability to do so. We saw uh, this past week put up 40 points on the Vikings, held them to 23. This isn't a team that – is a one and five team that deserves to be one and five. This is a solid team who proved once again that they have one of the top offenses and they just managed, unlike in the past few weeks with Dan Quinn, they managed to actually hold on a lead. And, and I, I don't think Dan Quinn was bad for the first three quarters. He just couldn't get it done when it mattered most. And I think that's the issue. And Raheem Morris came in the new guy and he sparked something. They had fun. Whether they'll continue to do it or whether it's just a one-off week, we'll have to see. But, yeah, I think this is a, a legitimate team that is one in five that doesn't deserve to be one in five. Let's go on the opposite spectrum of that. The Bears are five and one. Are you buying into the Bears being five and one, or is this a the Bears are five and one this week? In four weeks, they'll be five and five. I'm going to say five and five. When you look at their past weeks, I mean, Lions win by four, Giants four, Falcons four, lose to the Colts by eight, wins to the Buccaneers by one, wins to the Panthers by seven. So when you see all these games are by one possession, it it just like 
it seems like everything's just like falling into place for him to get to this point. But it's not, it's not, it's not a pretty win. It's not a win that you feel good about at the end of the day. Like this past uh, week, I think Nick Foles only had one passing touchdown. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, what 23 for uh, 39, 198, one touchdown, one interception. David Montgomery, 19 carries, 58 yards. Like not, that win just doesn't scream to me like a team who deserves to be five and one or even close to that. And I think that's going to be their downfall moving forward when they've got the Rams, Saints, Titans, Vikings, and Packers all coming up in their next five weeks. Uh, that's, that's exactly what I was just going to mention. Look at their upcoming schedule. It is absolutely brutal the next three weeks, Rams, Saints, and Titans. Rams and the Titans are on the road. So uh, that will be uh, something to follow with the Bears. I kind of got to agree with you. I don't in, – in four weeks, I you know, are they going to be five and one or – or five and five. I think they'll be like seven and, and three or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think that the Bears start to fall off the wagon just a little bit because they always have good starts to seasons. It's the back half of the seasons that always kills the Bears. So um, yeah, I, I'm not buying into this team. This is a this is a team to me that you want to be cautiously optimistic about uh, heading forward. Sam, you got anything else before we head out uh, head out today? Uh, not really. Um, I'm glad Nick Saban didn't end up having coach so we could watch him coach on the sideline. Um, uh, uh, my, uh, t- my like secondary team in college football, West Virginia, that I'm kind of a fan of one. So I'm pretty happy about that. Looks like I'm going to go, I believe three and own fantasy this week. So it's going, it's going good. All good things. All good things. Uh, big 10 football starts on Saturday. That's going to be a part of our month, our weekend prep, uh, edition on Friday. We're going to talk some Big Ten football. Uh, Purdue head coach Jeff Brom has got the COVID, so um, not sure if he's going to be coaching or if the Purdue will be playing. But uh, IU set to take on Penn State, um, which will be definitely a, a tough matchup for the Hoosiers. We'll talk about uh, more about that on Friday, and only a couple weeks away from Maxion Sam. So uh, all exciting things. We'll catch you on Friday, Sam. As always, have a good one. Uh, Peace. That's Sam Tillman. I'm Greg Covey. Follow us on Twitter. Straight Up Sports Talk. Always, always uh, posting there. Go vote on our poll, too. We want to hear from you. What did you watch on Sunday night? Uh, Was it Game 7 or was it Sunday Night Football? We'll talk more on Friday. This is Monday Mayhem. We'll see you next time.